Then, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear, from hev- hear them from heaven, forgive their sins, and restore the land. I have seen this posted a thousand times since... Uh, I was going to say 9-11, but even then, but since COVID. And the question is, has this worked or is it working? And if it hasn't, if you don't feel like it is, then what do we do? We humble ourselves. We seek his face. And we pray and watch our land. And that could be in your home, in your heart, in your city, community. We humble ourselves. Let's pray. Father, we come before you and I pray that your people, that's us, will humble themselves. That will cry out to you. That they will seek your face and what you look like and how you smell. That they will be a part of your fragrance, Lord. So that we can be forgiven, our prayers can be heard, and you will change the land. Father, We come to you today and ask for your glory to shine upon us as we learn from your word today. Thank you for being here. In Jesus' name, amen. We're so grateful that you're here today. My name's Jeff. I'm one of the pastors here. And if you're just as shocked that I'm the pastor, so am I. Okay, then you don't have to be shocked. I'm just as shocked as you are. We're grateful that you're here today, and we are going through this sermon series called Faith and Culture. What does that mean? We are trying to say, what does the Bible say versus what is the culture fighting against? So we're going through the sermon series. Week one, we talked about sex, and we are so excited because people came back the following week because the Bible has some very interesting things about sex and doubt, and last week, Jeremy did a fantastic job talking about purpose and using an incredible message uh, to help us understand our purpose, and we've had week after week these conversations about what does the Bible say versus what does the culture say? say and so there's some tension sometimes because we're trying to figure that out and today we're going to talk about prayer we want to talk about what prayer means and how that works in our life so I don't know if you know what the culture says about a person who talks to themselves and listens to some sky daddy in the world There was a TV show about three or four years ago it's on Monday through Friday I'm not going to call it out but it said why would you talk to yourself or to something and then listen to it? You might be crazy. Our culture says if you don't believe and know that there is a God or that, that, that they want to have a God, that maybe you're crazy because you're hearing voices. Well, 
I hear God and I got a few things in my head I also got to quiet down as well so if you're here and you have that welcome you're great uh, you're well appreciated but the idea here is that our culture thinks that maybe we might be hearing things but Christians know if you allow yourself to openly praise God pray to God and know God that you will also hear his voice and he will guide you into many great things our culture might think that prayer could be mentally ill Christians know it's a robust relationship when you have a conversation and he responds back to you I am a, a Francis Chan disciple I don't know if you guys remember Francis Chan he used to speak in Simi Valley and I worked at another church and every Monday morning I would put on his message and, and I would listen to what Francis was saying I just thought he was amazing and if you look back to the first message I ever gave at uh, La, Ramos, La Mariposa school I looked just like him kinda but I had flip-flops on I had this back then we had baggy jeans now we're back to skinny jeans now we're back to baggy jeans that tells you how old we are now we're going through a bunch of stuff and Francis Chan would say this I don't know if you guys remember that he says that you have an opportunity to speak to the God of the universe. You have an opportunity to communicate with the God who breathes galaxies with a breath. You have an opportunity to communicate and listen from a God who within a moment can change the world upside down, who breathes life into that that is dead, that takes beauty from ashes. You have an opportunity to talk to God of the universe in a very personal way. And the question is, are you taking that for granted? Or are you really honing into that? You're going to find out today a lot of people are struggling. So today we're going to talk about prayer. And the question I want to answer is how to pray. Some people are naturally gifted out of my sister, you know, my mom, some incredible people in my life. They can pray on a dime for a while. Me, that's not necessarily who I am. That doesn't mean I don't pray. It just means I have a different gift. But here's the thing. Prayer is the communication piece to God. You want a relationship with God? What is your communication piece? I am blessed to week in and week out be able to communicate to uh, young couples getting married and doing premarital counseling. I love that. That's super fun for me. And I have these six, to six not sick, six topics to go through. And one of those is communication. And it weaves through the whole idea of the premarital counseling. And I also counsel people that are struggling in marriage. And the number one reason that people struggle is communication. It's about communication and what they are. If you have a good relationship in your, in your marriage, if you're married, you have some sort of boundaries in healthy communication. Doesn't mean that it's perfect. It just means that you can talk through some stuff and you can get angry and come back from it and grow in that communication. If you aren't talking to your spouse, your relationship sucks. That's just the honest truth. And if you are not talking to God, your relationship, you can't say sucks at church. You can't say that. <laughs> so here's some interesting facts. Uh, Jeremy, uh, one that develops the sermons, um, has all kinds of data. So here's some data. 132 thousand times a month, someone types into the YouTube search thing, how do you pray? 
132,000 times. Somebody's like, I don't know what to do. How do you pray? So then they're going to someone and how to pray. In Google, the analytics say 14,800 times you're asking the same question. How do you pray? And hopefully Google leads you to a good place. Hopefully. But that's what we're doing. It also talks about other variations. So a couple hundred hundred thousand times a month in America, people are going, well, how do you pray? Because we aren't doing a good job teaching it. Today we're going to talk about it. Now there's other variations that are also typed in that could say that there's millions of people reaching out wanting to know how to pray. Here's a couple of other search topics. Prayer for strength. How do I pray for strength in my life as I'm walking through something difficult? How do you pray? Another one is, how do you pray for healing? This week, we've had a crazy time in our church with our staff with healing. People need healing. Random things have occurred, and we have to ask, Lord, how do we heal, and how do we pray for healing? And then the last one, probably the most important if you're a parent, is pray for your children. How do you pray for your kids? How do you give them what's been freely given to you? How do you pray for your kids? So, couple hundred thousand times a million times a month people are like I need help praying and so today we're going to talk about what our culture says versus what our, our our faith tells us there's a guy named Smith Wigglesworth I don't know if you guys are familiar with him but he's a, a man back in England that used to have an orphanage and did a great ministry and he says prayer is the most effective ministry so if you need a tool for ministry prayer is the most effective ministry and here's the thing if you know a little bit of that story he would have an orphanage and some days he'd wake up and go okay kids today we're going to pray and fast and they're like why I'm like well we don't have any food so that's why we're fasting and they would pray and randomly a, a, a milk truck and a bread truck would show up or a restaurant would come and say hey, we've got extra food and every time it might be a couple hours down the road or the end of the day but someone would show up with some sort of provision because prayer is the most effective ministry and sometimes if you're really struggling with something right now maybe it's fasting too and if you need more information I'd go to that uh, um New Testament class because you'll probably get some good information or come see us and we'll help you talk about that some more data 55% of Americans say they pray every day and that's fantastic 2017 Pew Research said 74% of Americans pray at least once a week that's good if you talk to your wife or husband once a week probably not that good you're probably struggling right now in that relationship uh, on Easter and I've talked about it a couple times since Easter if you read the Bible four times or more you will see more power of God in your life if you pray four times or more a week I promise you'll see more God in your life if you pray every day and constantly throughout the day I promise you'll see more about what God is doing in your life Martin Luther King Jr. a man that radically changed our country and had some big prayer agenda, if you guys remember, prayed for something to happen, and it did happen, and here's what he says about prayer. To be a Christian without prayer is no more possible than to be alive without breathing. Everybody take a breath. That breath you just took is probably the first time you thought about breathing all week, unless you have asthma. And Martin Luther King Jr. is saying prayer is just as valuable as that. And you don't even think about it. And you don't utilize it. And that's what we're trying to get to today. So the data shows, the studies show that people are hungry 
for prayer and a prayer life. And so if you give me a few minutes, the next 30 minutes or so, we're going to kind of talk through this and see if God could speak to us. So how do we pray? Should I petition God on our behalf for prayer? Yes. Should I petition God and ask him to be more like him? Yes. Should I look to God's prayer called the Lord's Prayer and learn how to pray through that? The answer would be yes. And that's where we're going to begin today. There's two places in the Bible that we see the Lord's Prayer, Luke chapter 11 and Matthew chapter 6. We're going to use both of these today. Luke chapter 11, listen to the writing and what it says here. It says this, Once Jesus was in a certain place praying, and as he finished, one of the disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples John the Baptist John the Baptist was a, a had a had a following as well and he taught and he's like Lord teach us how to pray and Jesus said this is how you should pray and then we're going to go through Matthew chapter 6 so here's the thing to learn how to pray we don't have to go to Google we don't have to go to YouTube we don't have to go to TikTok that's very popular right now you can you can come to church but you also can open up your word and it'll show you how to pray. So before we get into Matthew 6, I want you to think about your prayer life. How many times this week have you struggled? How many times in May did you struggle? And what did you do? Christians' first thought should be, I should go to the Lord. But a lot of times, if you're like me, I want to fix it myself because I've got this codependent mentality that I can fix it and the truth is I have to constantly go no I gotta drop to my knees humble myself seek the face of Jesus Christ and let him work so we struggle and what we should do is ask God Lord hear my heart listen to my cry help me become like you and Lord teach me what to say in prayer the Bible says all those moans and groans when you're the deepest agony and you're crying and you're whimpering and, 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 and you're broken those are also prayers. That's what the Bible tells us. But beyond that, we need to put some words to it. And so today we're going to look at the Lord's Prayer. And in the Lord's Prayer, there's uh, seven petitions, or the petition word just means ask, some things that we should talk about. I don't know if you guys know this. Any mathematicians in the room? Really? I know this guy loves uh, uh, Excel, so I know he's a mathematician. He's got more spreadsheets than anybody I know, but... Uh, if you're not a mathematician God loves numbers he's got a whole book called numbers and a lot of numbers in the book and so in that he loves numbers and there's a lot of numbers that kind of repeat over and over again the number three the number seven the number 10 the number 12 the number 40 these these numbers keep coming and there's seven in the Lord's Prayer because seven is a perfect number it's a complete number and in this prayer there's perfection and completeness when you understand the Lord's Prayer can you should you play the Lord's Prayer every day sure can you? Sure. Can you also personalize it? Absolutely, and I'll show that today. But before we get into the prayer, let me just tell you what Jesus is talking about. Matthew chapter 6, verses 1 through 4, Jesus is talking about to his disciples on giving. He goes, if you really are my disciple, you should give. He's not afraid to talk about money. Churches are. We have new people, and we're like, oh, this church just wants our money. We don't care about your money we care about your relationship with God 
And so in the first part, Jesus talks about giving, and then he goes, and if you're giving, you should give me some time and pray to me. And that's what Jesus does as he teaches about prayer. Here's what it says. Uh, Matthew chapter five, verse six, it says, or verse five, when you pray, don't be like hypocrites who pray publicly on street corners and in synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that is all the reward they will ever get. If you're praying, you're not to be out in front on front street praying and acting like what you're doing is valuable. Now listen, I pray in front of people regularly, but if you've ever been to this church, you know that you know, my eyes are watering and my nose might be dripping and I doesn't I got the ugly cry face on. And it's because I don't really care what God what you guys think I look like. I only care about what God is hearing from our heart. And it's not to do it publicly for public, you know, for public appreciation. It's to do it to intercede on behalf of you and me and our relationship with God. So here's the point I want to get to. Prayer is not for public recognition. It's for God's consumption. God wants to have a consuming relationship with you. Just like you communed with him uh, when Tara led us in communion, you took a cracker and you took some juice and you, you, um, you washed it down. And uh, first service, we had only a little bit. I think we were out of juice. Or, so you guys got the big cups. So you guys are really happy today. The, are you guys alive here today? Is anybody here? There's lots of coffee if you guys need to get some. The idea here is God wants to have a consuming relationship. What does that mean? It means that there's interchange. That he wants to engulf everything that you are and who you are so that you and him can be one and find a beautiful relationship with him. Prayer is not about what the public sees, but it's about who you are behind closed doors. That's what verse six says. But when you pray, go away behind uh, by yourself, shut the door behind and pray to your father in private. Then your father who sees everything will reward you. You know what this reminds me of? You know the lady in the war room? Have you guys seen that? That's such a power. I love this, man. When she prays, my, my skin kind of has chills all over because this woman can pray. This woman, when she's praying, man, I, she prayed that months before, years before the movie came out, and I could still feel the power of this woman. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, go to PureFlix or go to Google, cost $2.99, watch the movie, and it'll teach you how she strategically prays, how she goes after it in a very, uh, prof- uh, a very profound way to pray. It's, it's, she's got a prayer closet. It's to be done in private. Jesus would wake up early in the morning and find a private place in the garden and pray and that's how he sustained his ministry and how he lived and we should do the same thing there's three types of prayer times that we should look at and one of them is like urgent this week I had a ton of urgent prayers just randomly coming and going oh man this is happening this person's got this diagnosis uh, and uh, this person's in the hospital and so automatically you're getting calls and texts hey pray so the first one is urgency you have an urgent prayer it happened to me a lot this week I was in a lot of prayer and God was like man you've got to put aside your other prayers and pray for this person so there's urgent types of prayers that go above all your other prayers and then there's this persistent prayer if you're looking for the idea or definition of persistence look at Luke chapter 18 verses 1 through 8 it's this persistent widow persistent prayers are prayers that you pray over time like for example let me give you one Uh, uh, when I became one of the pastors here at Journey I had three girls still do and um, 
Oh, now you're gonna laugh? That was not even a joke. Um, so I have these girls and here was the prayer that Lord don't let the church get in the way of my girl's life and that I wouldn't let this church and the ministry become bigger than them and I would rather the church be smaller and my girls have a better relationship with God that was the premise and, and the prayer that I had long ago when the church started because my girl's relationship with God was much more important than the ministry that I have that's the purpose thank you and so that's a persistent prayer. And today my girls are active in their church serving and loving God and it's incredible. And then there's this one called uh, intermittent prayers. I've been having that this week. I said this in first service, so I'll let you know. Um, I'm taking this medication right now and it's, it's destroying me. It's making me lethargic and it's making my body ache and stuff. And so this week I'm praying, Lord, help me get my numbers correct so I can get off this medicine so I don't have to live like that anymore. I was talking to my friend Scott and he gave me some diet book or something. I have no idea what he's talking about, but... <laughs> <laughs> I'll just keep focused and uh, and I'm praying God help me get my numbers correct get my life in order so that I can live in a life free of this medication another one is Lord this week I've been reading the Bible since COVID I've read it a lot of times it's not the point but this, this week I'm like Lord I want to worship I want to really worship you quit, quit consuming so much of the word and I'm saying this just so you go what's going on in my head and I just want to worship you this week so I'm asking Lord give me that spirit of worship to just lift up my praise to him so those are intermittent prayers like, hey, something I need to do this week or this month is like, Lord, I want to become closer to you. I'm going to get right with you. I want to draw something. Those are intermittent. So you have urgency, you have persistent, and then you have intermediate stuff that you're working on throughout your life. And here's what Jesus says, verse 7. When you pray, don't babble on like I just did and, uh, uh, and on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers and their answers were merely, are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them for the Father already knows exactly what you need even before he asks. The Lord knows, but he just wants you to communicate. He wants you to hear his voice and, you know, I have these girls and I just want to hear their voice. Most of the time, the time I hear their voice is, can you Venmo me something? And the, the truth is, I don't care. I just want to hear their voice. So that's cool. And it's, isn't that what your father wants to do as well? He just wants to hear your voice. He just wants to hear your voice. And that's going to come up a little bit later. So what are we talking about? Be humble. If my people will just be humble, be direct, be willing, be open. And here's the last part. Don't be whiny. You know who you are. As a father with girls, that came from a father with girls. Don't be whiny. Just tell me what you need. And it's the same with our relationship with God. Is don't be whiny, be humble. Uh, talk to God like a parent and talk to God like, you're, like uh, he's your parent and you're trying to strategically get something. Remember when you were in high school and you wanted to go out or you needed some money or you wanted this or that and how strategic you were with your parents. Okay, I'm gonna come up with a PowerPoint and a 30 minute presentation so I can go out on Friday night or get this bit of clothes or do something. You have to be very strategic strategic with God the woman at the war 
war room, her wall was uh, uh, riddled with prayers and she had intermittent prayers and she had long-term prayers and she had urgent prayers and she was strategic. Also, when you're in a prayer, think about a relationship that you're in and give love and consideration like that in your prayer language with God. That's what Jesus wants for us. So in Luke, it says, Lord, teach us how to pray just as John's disciples uh, taught, John taught his disciples. And he says, pray like this. So everybody stand. Uh, We're going to say this prayer together. I'm going to try and not do it too loud because I'm dyslexic. And if I read it, I'll jack it up. So, but you join with me. This isn't the translation I'm going to use, but this is the one that you've probably all said before, and you could probably do it in your memory. So, ready? One, two, three. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us who trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Does anybody know the end? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we come before you today and we pray this prayer. Open up our eyes. Open up our heart. Teach us how to pray. Lord, there's someone online that needs to hear your voice and needs for you to teach them. There's someone here that's stuck and they need a place to get out of. And Lord, I know that you are powerful. Holy Spirit, move in a way that brings us to your glory room. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, Amen. amen. Go ahead and be seated. So this is a different translation. I teach from the NLT, New Living Translation, for a couple of reasons. I'm not going to get into it. But it's easiest read, it's easiest to listen to, and I'm dyslexic, and it's the one I've read the most, so that's why I use it. Um, So here's the first part. Our Father in heaven, our Father who art in heaven. That's the first section. This is the first petition. Do you guys know that Jesus was the first person ever to call God the Father? The the studies are saying he's the only one that would call God the Father. And here's why. Do you know that the Jewish religion does not call God God? They whisper it. They don't assume his name. They don't talk about it. And if you see him spell it, it's G period D because they don't believe that anyone should talk to God in that type of way. And so they're very, if you know of anybody, they whisper it or they kind of, you know, our, our, our Alpha and Omega, they, they talk about it differently. So they, they don't spell it and they try not to say it because they don't think they're worthy enough to communicate it. But Jesus comes in and says, no, he's your Abba Father. He wants you to be in a relationship with you. He wants to hear your voice. He wants to have this personal connection to you. And that's our privilege. And the question is, are you neglecting that? Are you just kind of not worried about that? It's a privilege. You are connecting with the creator of the universe. He breathed life into you in the womb and now you're neglecting the one thing that allows us to communicate to God. God is sovereign. That means he's over everything. He creates universes and galaxies. He breathes out stars. He governs and he judges. But he's also our father. And the idea is that you have that type of mindset that it's personal and it's intimate. And he wants you to have that ability to climb into his lap and cry and say, here's where I'm at. And the father goes, it's gonna be okay. 
The, part, the second part is hallowed or the, the, the NLT says may your name be holy. One of the reasons why I like the NLT is it spells out the Greek word in the actual text which just means may your name be holy hallowed that's what it means God's name is holy God is the epitome of sanctity he is as high as it gets and in Samuel chapter first uh, Samuel chapter 2 verse 2 it says there is no one holier than the Lord there's it's the Lord and no one else not even close and he says that's the highest and so he is above all always and so the idea is that I'm speaking to the God of the universe who's sovereign and powerful, but he's also personal and he's holy and he's above all. And that's what we see in this prayer. The third one, which is my favorite one, talks about this king may or kingdom come soon. And there's two parts to this. There's two petitions here in one. The first one is that you pray that the kingdom will come and take form and shape in your world, in your life here today. If you guys remember the sermon series leading up to Easter, we talked about this cruciform. There's this word called cruciform that your life would take form and shape of the cross and Jesus. And that's what we say, your kingdom come, that you want God's will to take shape in your own life. And the second part is that, that we pray that the promise of this new heaven and new earth will be fulfilled as we see in Revelation, this new Jerusalem where heaven and earth meet and now we're in this new Jerusalem. And so we're praying two parts. One, that God's will will take shape in this world and that his kingdom will take shape in your life and this future kingdom when we're all one with God and every knee will bow and know that Jesus is Lord. Number four is may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. If Francis Chan were here, he says, God desires you to desire his will. God's desire for you is that you will engage his will and that you will accept his will, that you will love his will and that you will want his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Will you engage that? That's his desire. That's what Jesus is communicating here, that your will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In heaven, there's no obstacles and no disobedience to God's will. You realize that? In earth, all kinds of obstacles and all kinds of disobedience, Most, mainly on this side of the church today. <laughs> Good job this side, but you guys... Uh, we all are having disobedience and obstacles that block God's will. And so our job and what Jesus is saying is, may your will be done. Will you help me remove the obstacles out of my life so that I can be obedient and help me if I'm disobedient, learn to be obedient. Um, so when we pray, I want you guys to think, Lord, I have some sort of blockage in my life that's blocking me and if I don't know what it is ask God to reveal it and I'm sure he will he'll give you a verse or a scripture or go back to the prayer table later and ask them and I promise you there some 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 quality people will help you walk through that but that's what God wants to do remove the obstacles and help me obey number five give us the food or the daily bread that's that's one of the things that God wants us to do just as uh good food nourishes our body and at this church there's really only one food it's tacos can I get an amen wow you guys are terrible first service was I see some clapping thank you guys 
Um, just as a good taco, there's these beer beer tacos at the Latitude 34. Oh my God, heaven. Uh, really. Um, just as good food nourishes your body, so does the good news of Jesus Christ nourish your soul. And you know what? There's a lot of souls, including mine, that need the nourishment of Christ today. And one of the things that you do is you pray and say, Lord, nourish me like that meal that I want to have in about 40 minutes. Nourish me like that waffle and chicken is going to happen in about 45 minutes. And that's what God is talking about. Jesus wants us to understand that our soul needs nourishment. The Bible tells us, Deuteronomy 8, 3, man shall not live on bread alone, but the, the word that comes from God's mouth. Do you know what he's saying? There's moments where Jesus is alone and his disciples are like, Jesus, you need to eat. He's like, you know, I go to my mom's like, you want tea? You want almonds? You want bread? She gave me a biscuit the other day. It was like four o'clock. You don't eat biscuits at four. I did, but you're not supposed to. Um, and, and Jesus would say, you know what, the apostles, I don't need that. I don't need that. I have this manna from heaven that satisfies my soul. That's what Jesus is communicating here. And so the idea here is to pray for sustenance. What is sustenance? Sustain me, Lord, so that I can live through whatever I'm going through. Jesus wants to part your Red Sea. He doesn't want to remove the Red Sea. If God removed the Red Sea back in the day for the Egyptians, there would be no more Red Sea. And then everybody that lived off the Red Sea would lose their, their, their livelihood, right? He doesn't remove stuff. He helps us walk through stuff. That's the sustenance that we're talking about. Lord, walk with me and, and help me remove the, or, or part the Red Sea of my own life so that I can get to the other side. No resentment or uh, no, no struggle, just sustenance. Number six, forgive us of our sins as we have forgiven those who have sinned against us. This is the toughest one. Is it's easy to pray, Lord, you know, forgive me. But what about for other people? Forgiveness is hard. And uh, we, we, we are, uh, in this church, we have a bunch of people that work with this uh, place called Hidden Manna. And I mean, if you come to the men's thing on, on, on Saturday, we'll talk about anger. And I'm sure a lot of it needs to deal with resentment and, 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 and unforgiveness. But Hidden Manna talks through some inner healings of forgiveness. And you know what the number one thing for inner healing is? Forgiveness, forgiving yourself and forgiving other people. Because there, a block is released and... Uh, and and your and God's glory then can respond. You know, um, um, one of the hardest things that has ever happened to me is, uh, uh, you know, twenty plus years ago, I I chose drugs and alcohol over a family. And you know how hard it is to forgive yourself. I'm I can forgive you pretty easily, but to have to look in the mirror, what kind of? I was going to say something else. You don't say in church. What kind of loser? walks away from his family and that haunts me and I have to let it go and I have to go in and say Lord help me forgive Jeff when this last week I forgave Jeff like 45 times so that I can be free of that and that's what Jesus is communicating here this forgiveness leads us to a place of peace and grace to be transformative in your life the, the forgiveness tool in this prayer transforms us from this POS, if you guys know what that means, into the glory of God with just in the seconds. I know you're not supposed to say that. I'm sorry. 
But the idea here is to get out of it and that's where my head is. I feel less than and when I ask for forgiveness I feel the, the love of God and then I feel worthy of if that makes sense. The last one is do not yield us into temptation but rescue us from the evil one. Temptation literally means test. You guys realize that? And it's not uh, always a solicitation to do evil. It's like a test. Let me give you an example. Many of you took a driver's test. Some of you need to retake the driver's test. Just saying. The guy in front of me today needed some help. Um, that was you. But that's the kind of test. In school, you take tests to get certified in things. You take tests. A lot of times you take tests in your life, and God also puts you through tests or allows you through tests so that he can see where you're really at. Has anybody gone through a testing recently? Yeah, it sucks. But you're supposed to try and grade out of it and let God part you through the Red Sea and get to the other side and say, well done. You didn't do it perfectly, but I did it through you. And so that's what we see here. It's a test. Uh, and then in that temptation, God always provides a way out. Uh, 1 Corinthians 10, 13 talks about when you have a temptation, he'll give you a way out. He will give you a way to part the Red Sea so that te temptation will, won't be to overtake you, but you'll be free in that. God does not tempt men to do evil and women. We see that in James chapter 1 verse 13. But God allows this temptation and these testings so that we can be graded on things that we're going through. And he's not like grading going A through F. He's just like, where are you guys at? And sometimes those testings or trials draw us closer to him and we have a better relationship with God at the end of that trial and test. The last part of this says deliver us from evil. It ends with help me Lord. Rescue me from this world or from myself. Deliver me. Lead me through this. David writes in Psalm 34. He says this. This is the best part of the message. Psalm 34 4. He answers us. His prayers delivers us from all of our fears. He doesn't deliver us from all of our problems. God's job is not to be a Disneyland parent and going hey we're going to take you to Disneyland and bring you back to your parents today. No. He's not to pick you up and plop you into uh, Madrid or South America or wherever you want to go. His job is to walk you through the process and through that testing and trial deliver you and deal with your fears. He wants you to feel comforted and not fearful but have faith over that. So if you need help praying, one of the things that we do is we go to Scripture. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 14, that was a Scripture I read, the beginning prayer. And you can go to Matthew chapter 6 or Luke 11 and pray through that. One of the ways that we learn to pray is through Scripture. You know, we do it in our staff meetings on Tuesday. We're like, oh man, we've been praying for the same thing for a couple weeks. And so like on Friday, Kim brought up Psalm 112 and we started praying through Psalm 112 because there was a struggle with someone there and we use Scripture to pray through it. Then as we read it, then we pray it and then sometimes we personalize this. I've been in ministry now over 18 years. Uh, uh, and on staff at a church for 17 plus years. And one of my first message at, messages as a junior high pastor was to walk through this. And I don't know if you guys have ever gone back and looked at your work 17 years ago. It was really bad. I'm embarrassed of it, honestly. They were junior high. They probably didn't get hurt that bad. But here's kind of the prayer that I wrote that's very similar that I personalized the Lord's Prayer. I think I have it up there. God, you are sovereign. I lift your name above all others. 
Let your kingdom come to this world and may your precious will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give me your sustenance so that uh, so to live each and every day of my life for you. Forgive me of all of my wrongdoings, Lord, and all of my selfishness. Lead me away from these world cravings and temptations and help me, uh, help me overcome uh, this evil in my life. In your precious name, Jesus Christ. I personalize that over time. After I've read the prayer, I know it enough that I can make it personal, not changing God's word, but trying to morph it. Jesus gave us the Lord's prayer as a prayer, as a model, and to teach us how to pray so that we have a tool in our life so that we can become effective in our prayer life. That's super important for us. So what's the takeaways? What do we do with this all? What do we do with this information? We've all said the Lord's Prayer. We know it, and maybe you've got a little bit of insight about it. But what are we to do with this prayer? Here's some takeaways. Number one, prayer is the most popular spiritual discipline. It's super critical. Wigglesworth says prayer is the most effective ministry. Remember what Martin Luther King Jr. said, to be a Christian without prayer is no more possible than to be alive without breathing. That's the first thing you need to take away. Prayer is critical if you want to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Number two is prayer is not for public recognition. If you're praying for something or someone and in front of other people showing what a great uh, vocabulary you have, that's great. The Bible says the only reward you'll get is right then and there with the people listening. But it's for God's consumption. God is a consuming fire and he wants to consume your relationship and his relationship so that you can experience him. It's for God's consumption. The, the, the third thing that we just talked about is pray scripture. Read scripture, pray scripture, and over time, personalize it. And the Lord's Prayer is a great template. You just seen how I took all of its words and made it something that I can remember. And I can also uh, use it when I'm going through some trials and tribulations in my own life. And the last one that we didn't talk about is this. Is prayer enables us to move forward. And do you know that someone here is stuck? Stuck on an island, stuck on a reef, stuck in their own head and prayer enables us if you pray more than four times a week or every day and you really get honest and humble yourself and seek his face God will unstuck you is that right unstick you something like that and he will help you move forward in your life prayer engages God Prayer enables God's people and prayer enlarges his church and that's what he wants to do. God wants you to pray so that the kingdom will come and the world will be impacted by who God is. Jesus once said this. He said, without me, you can do nothing. You guys know that Bible verse, right? Once we pray, we are ready to do anything. Until we have prayed, we can do nothing. But once we have prayed, we can accomplish Anything. That's the idea of this message that prayer is the precursor to God moving in your life. Sometimes they're urgent prayers. Sometimes they're persistent prayers. Sometimes, like me, this week, I've got a couple of intermediate prayers. Help me worship God. Help me uh, work through my medicine and all of that. Help me become the person that you want me to be and help me become a light to this world. Use me, God, in a way that transform me. Those are the intermediate prayers. All right, do you guys want something for free today? Okay, well, only two people said, talk to me afterwards. <laughs> when I was in seminary a long time ago, um, 
I, I found out there's four prayers that are answered every time you ask. You guys want those today? Four prayers every time you ask. Here they are. Number one, sanctification. Every time, uh, the idea of sanctification is to draw you closer and free me of sin. Lord, I'm struggling. Sanctify me and free me of sin. The first prayer that will always be answered by Jesus Christ is sanctification so that I can be right with God and be free of sin. Number one, always answered every time you pray. Number two, what about wisdom? Does God not want to give you wisdom to you every time you ask? Read James chapter 1 verse 5 and 6 and says every time you need something ask God who will give you uh, anything you want and wisdom is one of them he wants to give you wisdom he wants you to navigate all of this so every time you ask he will give you some sort of wisdom let me put a precursor you might not like it but it doesn't mean it's not godly wisdom number three peace this week I was in a very uh, uncomfortable situation with a family friend struggling with some bad news and we were crying and all I could do is like, Lord, just pray for peace that transcends anything that we understand. And every time we pray that God brings peace in that moment. Might not be forever, but it'll be for that moment and he wants to bring peace every time you ask. And the last one is grace and I don't know about you but I need grace I mess things up all the time I, uh, I have a gift of putting the, my foot in my mouth a lot it's one of my spiritual gifts and so this one is good for me because the grace of God always is there for me freely given undeserved unmerited but the love of God transforms us and that's what God wants to do so let's go back to the beginning as we began here's what it says I have heard your prayer and have chosen this temple as a place for making sacrifices. Do you realize that you're the temple? 70 AD, the temple of Jerusalem was destroyed and now the temple that we talk about is this temple and this is where God resides. And he says, at times I might shut up the heavens so that no rain falls or grasshopper or command grasshoppers to devour the crops or send plagues. At some point, God is silent or is just letting the testing go through. But he says, then if my people, if you're going through a trial, if my people uh, who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from them from heaven, forgive their sins and restore the land. There's more. My eyes will be open my ears will be attentive to prayer, every prayer made in this place. For I cho I've chosen this temple and set it apart to be holy, a place where my name will be honored forever. I, have all, I will always watch over it for it is dear to my heart. If you need to be humble, if you want to God have God move, you need to be humble, seek his face and pray. Let's pray right now. Father in heaven, we come before you in your glory right now. Humble us, Lord. Show us your face. Give us an, a, a, an idea of who you are. Let us see your eyes and your face. Reveal yourself to us so that we can watch you do something powerful in our land. If there's someone here or online that doesn't know you, I ask right now that you give them the ability to say this prayer by your Holy Spirit so that they can be right with you or new creation in you. If that's you, all you have to say is these words. Forgive me, Father. Come into my heart. 
and be my Lord and Savior. You died upon the cross for me and you rose again so that I can have uh, an eternal relationship with you. Anoint me with your Holy Spirit right now and teach me how to walk in all of your ways. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, let's worship one more. The Spirit's working right now. Let's stand and worship God a little bit more before we leave.